Moncrief on News Talk. The British government has plans for legislation that takes a bold approach to cutting down on smoking in England. The idea is that anyone born in 2009 or afterwards will not be allowed to buy tobacco products. Ever. The idea is, obviously, that smoking would eventually disappear. So would such legislation work here? News talks, even the men of 1916 were allowed to have a fag. Correspondent Henry McKean has been investigating this. But before we hear from Henry, here's the king. My government will introduce legislation to create a smoke-free generation by restricting the sale of tobacco so that children currently aged 14 or younger can never be sold cigarettes and restricting the sale and marketing of e-cigarettes to children. Right, OK. And uh, yes, I suppose just in case you were wondering, will that uh, include e-cigarettes and vaping? It does seem to include that, Henry. Yeah, you're right. Um, King Charles there delivering his first ever King speech uh, at UK Parliament today. Uh, yeah, e-cigarettes will be included and they're going to be looking at e-cigarettes. And believe it or not, e-cigarettes are more popular for kids than smoking, uh, which is amazing. And also I discovered that the e-cigarettes are actually, um, these companies, the the vaping companies, are owned by these large tobacco companies. And they they bought them up some years ago for billions and billions. And yeah, um, are we going to follow suit? Are we going to try and do um, something similar? And how hard will it be to have a smoke-free generation, um, which will be fantastic? And then there's the question, you know, if it's illegal, are we giving money back into, into the gang? So anyone born on or after the 1st of January 2009, um, they won't be able to um, buy cigarettes. So uh, if you're so basically from 14 upwards, you can't buy cigarettes till 18. So the idea is they'll just phase it out. And um, one day, none of us uh, will be smoking. And I did get to speak to young people. I actually met young people outside a university, Sean. And outside that university was a vape shop. And I, you know, you can see why the vape shop would be there. Mm-hmm. There were lots of kids around um, outside sort of hanging out, sm- some smoking, some vaping. Um, here they are. Uh, yeah, I think it could have a positive impact in Ireland. So did you ever smoke? No, I never smoked, no. But I have family fa- members that do. And you're 18, 19? Yeah. Yeah. And you vape? Yeah, I do, yeah. And when did you start vaping? Uh, probably around 15, 16. And vapes, in a way, have replaced cigarettes? For the younger generation, yeah. So you went straight to vaping? You never tried a cigarette? Uh, well, I have tried, but, yeah, never stuck. It's too expensive. And what flavour do you like? Um, strawberry kiwi. And do you worry about the health implications? Uh, yeah, definitely, because you don't really know what the health health implications are so anyone that's born uh, in 2009 from january in other words 14 year olds uh, and going into the future won't be able to buy cigarettes ever when they reach 18 in the uk should we introduce that here yeah definitely i've tried smoking but i'd never liked it i'd vape but i think banning them is a step in the right direction do you still vape i do yeah and what flavor pineapple ice pineapple ice so it's like a cold pineapple why do you vape i don't know i'd only do it if i'm out drinking like but um feels right when i'm out and what age did you start vaping i'd say 16 i started do your parents know you vape they do yeah they're not too happy about it but i personally don't vape but i think it's the right decision maybe to ban the cigarettes maybe i don't vape myself so you don't vape no. 
one of the few that don't. And what about you? Yeah, I don't vape, but I don't think it will probably not work, to be honest. So you think it would be very difficult to just stop it cigarettes. all together I think it will just mean more people are going to end up selling them and, yeah and then more people like a lot of younger people are addicted to it now so it just means that they're going to be trying extra hard to get it and spending loads of money to try and get it now so I don't think uh, banning it will really work Right, that's some uh, young people with differing uh, mm. uh, views on that. Now, I must actually clarify what I said already because I think I got it a little bit wrong. Uh, he said the government do want to get rid of all uh, um, tobacco products and that from uh, from 14-year-old up, you know, they'll never be allowed to buy any tobacco pro- products. But he also said they, they'll restrict the sale and marketing of e-cigarettes to children which seems to imply that uh, e-cigarettes will continue to be oh, yeah. uh, uh, legal vaping, for people. Vaping will be legal. Yeah. This is the thing. Vaping will continue. And there's going to be uh, various uh, tools to try and restrict these disposable vapes as well because they're, they're not good for the environment. Uh, and they're going to look at uh, regulating the flavours and the packaging to reduce their appeal to children. And they also say the UK government do go on and actually say that kids um, uh, are... Uh, you know, the advice is clear that they shouldn't go anywhere near them, but they do realise that they are a good tool, and this is important, that these um, uh, vaping machines or vapes, uh, they're a tool, they do help people quit smoking. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Yeah, though I think uh, that question is kind of slightly uh, debatable. There's different views on that. Uh, Somebody wonders, my question is why only those are currently 14 or less? So my 15-year-old son could smoke in the UK when he's older. Yeah, I, I guess so. I don't know why they... Well, they got to start somewhere. they, they got to start somewhere where they, where, where they uh, chose 14. I suppose the logic was by a certain year, I think by something like 2040, yes. there'd be everyone who smokes would be dead. Well, this uh, is essentially. That's more than likely. Really a, a cheery thought. Mm. Uh, e-cigarettes is like smoking a computer or a PlayStation with oil. It has to be charged in a USB. It's mad. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, uh, if you were to smoke a PlayStation, that's kind of bulky. Uh, uh, really, be carrying around a, a PlayStation with yeah. you. You know, it does be kind of heavy. <laughs> uh, laughable, but nonetheless typical of the Conservative government that Charlie was announcing policies for a little earlier. After saying the government was banning smoking, he announced the opening of new oil and gas fields. Uh, it says no. <laughs> did say that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, just a tad ironic. Anyway, so to get back to uh, mm. the main point of what we're talking about, uh, you, you, you were talking to Chris Massey. Yeah, so um, he's from the Irish Heart Foundation. He says here in Ireland, um, we need to play catch up and we've lost our way. In Ireland, uh, we're in a, a much worse situation when it comes to, to smoking. Um, teenage smoking is rising here for the first time in a generation. We're one of the last... Uh, countries in Europe where it's still legal uh, to sell vapes to children and the tobacco-free Ireland policy of reducing smoking uh, to 5% of the population by 2025 has failed by a margin of about half a million smokers. So um, we've got to get real about this problem. Four and a half thousand people a year are still dying uh, from smoking in Ireland. That's like the equivalent of a jumbo jet crash a month uh, on Irish soil. Cigarettes kill half of all the people uh, who use them. So we, we've got to get real about this. We've got to bring in measures that are, are going to sort this out. The point of a, of, of a policy like this is uh, also to denormalise and therefore to discourage uh, smoking among young people. Certainly the Irish public uh, are, are way ahead of policymakers on this. The HC did a poll uh, a few months ago that sh- showed that 83% of the population here including a, a, a high uh, majority of young people want smoking to be uh, phased out. So we've lost our way here 
and we need to get real about it. What the Heart Foundation has been calling for has been much more realistic uh, controls on e-cigarette use among children and uh, teenagers. Uh, we have been looking for an increase in the legal age of sale of tobacco from 18 to 21, but obviously this is a more dramatic measure. That was uh, Chris Massey there, uh, from, or M- Macy, I should say, from the Irish uh, Heart Foundation. Uh, a few more comments on this. Uh, with a solution to cutting down vaping, be to ban flavoured vapes. Well, that seems to be, as Henry mm. was saying, that's yep. something they're looking at in the UK, at least. Cormac says, really hard to see any logical argument against this legislation. However, the legal age for drinking is 18. And that doesn't exactly stop teenagers drinking cans in fields. If booze is available, most shops and in uh, most houses, underage people will get access. Why not the same for smokes? Well, I suppose he has a point there, in a way, that, that, that uh, like... I can't remember a time when I was a kid you could get access to cigarettes if you really wanted to. Well, you can get access to everything. But, yeah. you know, the governments, I know, it's, you know people will be texting and saying nanny state gone mad, but the governments are just trying to do their best because we spend billions, billions, uh, and the, the cancer deaths are huge, uh, And you know, in, when it comes to the HSC. And the idea is to bring that down to, you know, and not have, have all these public health interventions just educate and just take it away and it's it's a difficult argument and you know vaping believe it or not has tripled in the last three three years tripled uh, so it's it's become such a a huge thing and of course kids will always find alcohol they'll always find drugs they'll always find fireworks i can't believe i put fireworks in the same <laughs> sentence <laughs> but but yeah i mean when i grew up um it was 16, the, the, the cut-off age was 16, and we used to swap jumpers uh, to go into the petrol station. So these are school jumpers, I should say. So third year was grey, uh, and a transition year, or TY, was blue. So if you change jumpers, the, the person in the shop, the oh, shopkeeper, think would you think older. you were 16, so we could buy cigarettes. And I used to smoke, and I shouldn't mention brands, but I will, John Player Blue. Oh, God. And, how, how, how terribly common of you. <laughs> I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you... you I, but I, I, I smoked um, a Player or John Player Blue or yeah. Blue um, for like a month. Blueies, and it, it yeah. never they never took off for me. And back then, you used to be able to buy small packs of cigarettes. Just for a ten, ten, ten yeah. packs. And then some even news agents would send them, sell them to you singly. Individually, Individually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and the adverts were everywhere. I remember growing up, Formula One was just covered in cigarette advertising. Mm. And... Marlboro, I used to even have a school bag that was the shape of the Marlboro cigarette box. Because um, I, I used to really <laughs> quite about en- that enjoy that now. No. <laughs> People would be calling Tuzla if that happened today. <laughs> I enjoyed the, um, their marketing and advertising. I thought it was excellent. And of course it was, because they had so much money. I had a chat with Patrick Fitzpatrick. He's from Monkstown. And he remembers those adverts growing up and how they encouraged him to smoke. I did try cigarettes when I was about 14 and at the time there was cigarettes advertising was quite a big thing and there was a particular cigarette called consulate and they were advertised showing a waterfall and the advertisement was consulate cool as a mountain stream and the other uh, uh, attraction to consulate was they had a kind of a mental Mental. Mental, so, minty flavour. Minty. And so if you were a kid, you know, it, you looked like you were smoking, you were terribly sophisticated, but that, and you got the minty, which was a kiddish thing. And so, back then, um, Formula One cars yeah, were covered yeah. in adverts, so yeah. it was any sporting well, event, course, magazines, yeah. Yeah. But this was even pre-all of that kind of James Hunt era where you had cigarettes uh, advertised. But going back to the 60s, uh, there was another great cigarette, well, was a great a cigarette called a popular cigarette, Rothmans. And again, the advertising was very clever because 
on the advertisement, which would be shown in the cinema, you would only see the arm of a pilot who is taking off in a plane and his beautiful, you know, braid on so his you uniform. Knew that the pilot and, smoked. Yeah, well, and the, and the, and the voiceover in a very, uh, you know, attractive voice would say, on 150 airlines around the world, the biggest name in cigarettes is Rothmans. So the point you're making was, you know, it was very could be tempting. Like a pilot. Yeah, no, I never fancied them. I tried them, uh, I wasn't into smoking. And also, my mother used to say, if you smoke, you won't grow. And I didn't smoke. Well, Churchill, as you know, was very fond of, cig- of cigars. But in actual fact, what, the amount of smoking he actually did is questionable because it was more of a prop. And I think he, but originally he was a, he was a smoker of cigarettes, and his father disapproved greatly of him smoking cigarettes because a gentleman in those days wouldn't smoke cigarettes; he would smoke cigars, and that's why he chose to smoke cigars. But whether he actually puffed on them as much as as one thinks is debatable. That's the thing, though. I mean, he makes a good point. Is like, older people hadn't a chance no. uh, really when it came to marketing cigarettes. Mm. Someone sex it in, uh, bring back those candy cigarettes that look like chalk. Yeah, oh, they, they used were to yummy. sell. They were yeah. yummy. They'd sell um, uh, basically cigarettes that were sweets in the shape of sweets, cigarettes. They were yeah, with a little red bit mm. you know, put on the end. You kind of talk about schooling us. And oh, yeah, I do, rem- I do remember those Rothman dads as well uh, that mm. were, you know, the pilots and everything was very suave. Very, very uh, sexy. And uh, yeah. as uh, Quilly just uh, reminded me, a consulate were disgusting. They were kind of menthol flavoured. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were, they were for <laughs> pregnant women. So they were healthy <laughs> That's cigarettes. the idea, that pregnant women could smoke them. And that's uh, the thing. You definitely should oh not God. smoke. We know that now. Pregnant women shouldn't smoke uh, because of the, the dangers. And there's huge dangers. But yeah, the advertising was powerful. Uh, and it was um, impressive. Uh, and as we said, these vape shops and the vaping, they're now owned by some of these big tobacco companies. Some of the big um, tobacco cigarette brand names now own the vape shops. And I got to tour a vape store. And I, you don't see me hanging outside uh, vape stores much because I don't vape and I don't smoke. But I have a very little um, knowledge around them. Um, but I did notice inside the vape shop, it had this really strong smell of strawberry fields. Mm. So I'm here in a, a vape shop at the moment and they've got... Um, vaping machines would you call them vaping machines vapes um they've got ones that are around 80 euro these ones last forever then they've got the disposable ones over here uh lost mary is the brand um and they range in price some of them are about eight uh, euro uh, and they have them in pink lemonade blue raspberry cola uh kiwi passion fruit red apple ice lots of different flavors and you've got to be 18 it says on the packet you used to smoke. When did you give up? Uh, about 20 years ago. What's your view on the fact that the UK are phasing out cigarettes? By 2040, no one will be able to buy them. Do you think it's that would It's a good work? idea. I think it's a great idea. Um, no, I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. I just vape. And when did you start smoking? Start. I was about 14. So you're 14 years of age. And personal question, what year was that roughly? Very near the 70s, I'd say. So back then, in the 70s, we didn't understand the risks of smoking, did we? No, we, we didn't. We know now. We do, because back then, um, even doctors smoked, and you're allowed to smoke in hospitals, and doctors waiting rooms, doctors smoked, nurses smoked. <laughs> it was the in thing. And it was. It was considered cool. And um, now we know the risks. You've moved on to vaping. When did you start to vape? Um, as soon as I stopped smoking. What was that? 
about six years ago. But I was sick all the time I was smoking since I've been on the vape. I don't have chest infections anymore. I know they're probably not doing me any good, but it keeps me off the cigarettes. What will, will the government do for the taxes they receive from the cigarettes? Because there won't be any tax, will there? But then they no. won't have to spend so much on health, on hospitals. True, true. Well, they could keep spending that amount of money on, uh, on health. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It could do with every uh, penny mm. you could get. Uh, one text says, God be with the days when you could smoke your head off on a jumbo jet. Um, or on buses. There was a curious logic there. You could smoke yeah. upstairs or at the back of the bus. And, and, and that was considered OK. Yeah, but the wafts of smoke would kind of go yeah. forward, you know. So you, you, you weren't... You know, I remember being a lounge boy, at all. Uh, you know, in the, what was it, the early 90s, uh, I won't name the pub, and um, yeah, it, I, I would, my eyes would be stinging all shift. It would just be one big, massive, just cloud of smoke. Uh, and obviously the, the smoke smoking ban has been in nearly, believe it or not, uh, 20 years. 2004 yeah. it came and in. And you can still, like, cause I remember when that came in mm. and... and if you looked up at the yeah. ceilings of many pubs, they were brown and they weren't originally brown, you know, and that was from years and of the, the, You're right, they were there. kind of yellow. There was that yellow or brown layer everywhere. Yeah. And also, the, when the smoke stopped, you could actually smell the pub and it didn't smell very nice. The smoke kind of hid all those horrible odours. Yeah, that because that woman yeah. was saying about doctor smoking. Someone mm. says, I remember uh, school, uh, school science teacher smoking in the lab uh, during chemistry practicals, I'm sure that was completely uh, uh, safe. Uh, I think the I think the big supermarket chain should uh, grasp the nettle and stop selling uh, the flavour vapes. Uh, Dan says, thanks, lads. I've never smoked. Now we have an urge for a pack of John Payer Boo. Our advertising uh, does work. Vincent at Ocean Island says, uh, tobacco is a highly revered plant among the indigenous people of South America. Uh, it is used in all kinds of ritual ceremonies and for healing. I was lucky to be invited to take part in a few of these ceremonies, which I did. I love tobacco, uh, says Vincent. I wonder what that involved. Uh, and uh, Gordon says, "My oh God, my mum was advised in the late 60s to take up smoking when she got pregnant with me. My older sister was a large baby and the advice was smoking would cause you to have a smaller baby. Wow, so they, they actually... That's extraordinary. You know, the poor child. I mean, as if yeah. the child can choose if the child is going to be small or, or big. But yeah, we've learned so much. And you're right, doctors, nurses, smoking. I had a teacher who used to hit me and um, he used to smoke at the front of the class. Yeah. Uh, and he used to say, don't tell any other teachers I had to smoke. So this was in the, in the kind of late 80s when it was not considered, even yes. then, not to smoke in front of the kids. Now, would, they, would like the, the tobacco companies mm. sue or take legal action? Uh, yeah, well, this is uh, it. I mean, like what, what we're hearing, what I'm hearing is uh, uh, governments will win. And, and the tobacco companies know this. If you look at New Zealand uh, and the, the, the UK government also knows this and they're, they're putting in resources in to make sure they do win. But they do know that they're more than likely going to face some sort of uh, legal uh, action. Um, and uh, we mentioned vaping again. They're going to try and, you know, just keep an eye on that and try and control it. Uh, here is uh, Chris Macy again from the Irish Heart Foundation. You know, there, there is um, potentially a legal issue. Uh, but again, the health of the population uh, trumps everything. And in certainly, uh, as far as I understand it, this is a measure that is, it will be totally legal to, uh, to, to bring in. Uh, in New Zealand, uh, for example, where they're also bringing this in, they're bringing in other things like reducing the nicotine content of, of t tobacco and reducing the number of places you can sell uh, cigarettes uh, legally. And I think these are really important uh, uh, co-measures to bring in with this. I think in isolation, 
it won't have as much chance as it will by bringing in other measures uh, with it. And certainly in the UK, what they're talking about is reducing the number of cases of uh, of coronary heart disease by 37,000 and the number of strokes by 3,000. Um, and, you know, if you just extrapolate that on to, to, to the Irish situation, you're talking about a huge reduction in chronic disease, uh, you know, not to mention lung cancer and COPD and other conditions. Uh, and, you know, think of the impact that that can have on uh, reducing the pressure on our, on our hospitals. Um, uh, so this is something that needs to be done. Uh, we have to do it. And the Irish Heart Foundation uh, wants it to happen, but we want the debate to happen first so that the the public is, is fully on side and young people are fully on side with this, uh, that we can move forward. It's the place where we have to start. Chris Macy there from uh, the Irish Heart uh, Foundation. Uh, Roisin in Leitrim says, my dad started smoking when he was 10. 10. 10. He was getting his appendix out and spent two weeks on the men's ward. They used to send him down to the bookies and pay him in cigarettes. Thank God he gave up in his early 20s. So he was, when he was 10, he was gambling and smoking. Uh, so uh, fair juice. Uh, Fiacra says, I had written permission from my parents to smoke in the schoolyard in Drogheda in 1982. I was 15. Permission. Re- permission. Yeah. The parents Please gave permission. Fiacra now will be bringing in his John Player Blue. Uh, uh, or as consulate, if he wants to be teased by his friends. Uh, and uh, somebody else says this is interesting. Uh, the story of how women started smoking is interesting. A lot of it was down to torches of freedom, which was a phrase used to encourage women smoking by exploiting women's aspirations for a better life during the early 20th century uh, in first wave feminism in the US. Cigarettes were described as symbols of emancipation and equality with men. Uh, when I was in secondary school in Wicklow in the 60s, the students had their own smoking room. A smoking room. A, sm- oh, yes. a smoking room. I leave and start students having brandy and cigars kind of thing. It's all very swanky. And uh, someone else says the old policy of having a smoking section in a public space was the equivalent of having a pig section in a pool. Well, yes, yeah, true for you. And uh, I knew somebody would. Ed in Condorcan says, I hate to be pedantic, but I will be. It's not the king. It's a king. Thanks to the men of 1916 who can have a smoke anytime they want it. Henry, thanks a million uh, as ever. Henry McKean there. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.